Welcome to Rome. This is The Bittersweet Life with Katie Sewell and Tiffany Parks. Welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. This is a podcast examining what it's like to live overseas for a short time and a long time. I'm currently living in Rome for about a year, and Tiffany is here for how long? Almost 10 years now. Almost 10 years and possibly indefinitely. Who knows? Maybe her whole life. Last week, we got slightly into homesickness, and so we thought we'd delve more into that. This week, why not? Having just spoken with my parents over Skype last night, I was feeling a little homesick, watching them all sitting on the couch with my sister all cozy. Uh, My sister is an adult, uh, but she was wedged between them like a kid, you know, on Christmas morning with her big fuzzy blanket wrapped around her. And I thought, oh, that's so nice. They're all sitting on that couch I grew up with and they're all sitting in the living room and I'm over here. And so I did feel a twinge of homesickness. And Skype, I think, brings us together, but it also shows you the world you're no longer living in as well. So That's a good point. Never thought about that. Do you Skype with people? I really don't like Skype. I don't like having to sit at the computer. Generally, when I talk to someone, I want to sprawl out on the couch. I really only use it for my niece and nephew, who are tiny little things who I want to see. Other than that, I prefer the phone or Viber. So do you find that since you've been here for 10 years, can you even remember what it was like to be homesick? I can definitely remember it, sure. But let's talk about, since you've been here less time, let's start with talking about your experiences with homesickness. Did you start to feel homesick immediately, or were you still sort of in the flush of exciting expat newness? If it was the second, then when did it start? When I first got here, I thought I was going to be homesick, but I wasn't. I felt liberated, and I'd been working very hard for many years, and all of a sudden I didn't have a job, and I was in a foreign country with a a very long open period uh, in front of me to explore and without a schedule. (laughs) And so at first I was like, hooray, this is what I've been searching for my whole life. It's like a sabbatical. It's like a gift to not have to work all the time. Um, And then to be in a beautiful place like Rome with no agenda was fantastic. So I I ended up not being homesick at all. And um, seeing as I pretty much have lived in the same city my entire growing up life. I've lived in Seattle for my entire adulthood up to now. It just felt great to be away from all that stuff, to not be in the news cycle anymore, like know what's going on in the city and and uh, not to, not that I don't like my parents, but not to live t- within 20 minutes distance of my parents for a change. All those things that make you feel liberated and on your own that people experience when they're in college, you know? And uh, But here I am as a person in my mid-30s, experiencing it now for the first time. So at first it felt great. And then as the march toward the holidays came on, that's when I started feeling homesick for the first time. Before that, I was thinking, I never want to go home. This is great. This is so much better than being a responsible adult back home. But as the holidays approached... Thanksgiving. Was that when it started? Thanksgiving. Even, well, I mean, Halloween was... I love Halloween. So the fact that they don't really have much Halloween here... I wouldn't say it made me homesick yet, but I definitely wished that it made me a little nostalgic for the Halloween we had last year in the States where we had friends over and we dressed up and we had trick-or-treaters coming all night long to the house. So it made me nostalgic for that, but I wouldn't say I was homesick yet I, as we turned the corner into Thanksgiving and especially Christmas, which is just so traditional, is when I really started thinking, 
I wish I was in my own home, walking my own neighborhood, looking at my own Christmas lights, setting up my own tree, you know, doing all those ritual things that you do with your family and friends around Christmas. And Derek, uh, my husband, even thought, perhaps it's time to go home for a little while. So he investigated buying plane tickets and going home. And I was actually felt very conflicted about whether or not I wanted to go home because I felt like if I go home, as appealing an idea as it is to not tell them I'm coming and just show up at my parents' house for Christmas and what a gift, you know, uh, all that kind of movie stuff. <laughs> um, I thought if I go home, it's definitely going to change the tone of the rest of the time in Rome because there's something about being gone for a long period of time uh, versus being gone, breaking that up by going home and then being gone again. I thought it was going to totally shift the mood. So I'm now glad that we didn't go, I think. But when the possibility was there in front of me, I was walking around like I was in a daze and imagining myself sitting on the couch in the fuzzy slippers with my parents and all those old things. I can definitely relate to missing that, definitely. But I think the difference is that I feel like if I were to go to the States for the holidays, it would be a one-time thing. Whereas, not to give you a hard time, but <laughs> you're gonna if you miss it one year, it's just one year. You're, you're gonna have an infinite number of Christmases back home with your parents. Tiffany, I could pass away at any time. <laughs> Now, let me ask you this, because this is an interesting question about homesickness in general, regardless of when. R rhetorical question. What do you miss the most when you're homesick? Do you miss people? Do you miss places? Or do you miss rituals, things, things that you do, activities? Which is the thing that really is the hardest? Or is it a combination of all three? You said specifically it was your parents that you missed. more. I mean, yes, you did say setting up your Christmas tree, walking in your house. But I think it was probably mostly family, your parents, your sisters. Maybe. Maybe. Yes and no. I mean, they're they're incorporated into that. What would it have been like if they had all decided to come to Rome for Christmas? Would you have still felt homesickness? Uh, well, I think when I really think of being homesick, I think of it as... I mostly picture myself in my apartment at home, surrounded by my own stuff. Not that I actually even own that much stuff, <laughs> but it's more just... I picture myself cooking in a bigger kitchen than I have here. And I picture calling up a friend that's a neighbor and having her walk over and take a walk around the I, very familiar neighborhood. I live down the street. I know. Well, you help. You help quite a bit. Um, I, on the other hand, I did not have an old childhood friend when I moved here. <laughs> not only did I not have an old childhood friend on the same street, I also did not have a husband. Yes. So I, I have it easy is what you're saying. A little bit, a little bit. Not, I'm not going to try to discount what you're going through. Absolutely not. But well, I feel fine now. Now that the holidays are over, I'm charging forward. I'm glad to hear that. But go on. I really suffered the first year more than anything else. But it was partially because I had no plan. I had no idea what I was doing. I came to Rome. I jokingly say it was fate that brought me to Rome. I didn't necessarily know what I was supposed to be doing here, but I knew I was supposed to be here. You know, it wasn't, okay, I'm going to be here for a year and a half, or I'm going to be here for eight months, and I'm going to do this while I'm here. I had no idea how I was going to make money, how long I would be, if I would stay. And so I think that is part of what made it so hard, was n not knowing if I was going to be able to hack it, 
or if I was going to have to go home with my tail between my legs saying, well, you know, I tried, but it didn't work out. What was the difference as far as homesickness is concerned when you don't intend to go home? That's a good question. I would say you don't have that feeling of, well, okay, I'm going to miss Christmas with my parents this year, but I'll be back next year. You don't know if you're ever going to be back regularly. Obviously, you will go back to visit. That first year, I was definitely, it was definitely the hardest Christmas. I had just moved here a few months before, so I didn't have a lot of friends, and that made it worse. Can I ask the same question when you're homesick? When you think back to you being homesick then, was it people? Was it things? Was it the rituals of your life that you had left behind? Or the safety even of it? I think safety was a big thing. I think just, yeah, just the knowing, you know, it's very scary. It's exciting, but it's also very scary to have no idea what you're going to be doing in a week, in a month, in a year, or even where you're going to be living, what apartment you're going to be living in, or even if you're going to be changing cities. So I think that was probably the thing that was the most difficult. Of course, I miss my family too, but I had already left my family to go from Seattle to Boston when I went away to college. So I do think I got used to being away from home. I left again after four years of college to go to Montreal. I'd been through it a few times, so I don't think it was as bad as maybe it is on you, Mm -hmm. having come from living in the same city as your parents almost your entire life and knowing that they're there and they're, you know, you could drive and be at their house in 20 minutes if you needed, Mm -hmm. whereas I haven't felt that since I was 18. I think it's mainly because the homesickness came about because of the holidays. When I think about home and the holidays, it has a lot to do with my family. Whereas when I think about home other parts of the year, it's very much about friends or work or even the self-definition that comes from being in a city you've been in for so long where so many people know who you are. So it becomes more about relationships. And I think Derek, if I could speak for him, might be missing more just... uh, the rituals of what you can do in your own home when you know you're going to be there for a while because we're temporary some ideas for projects that you have you can't really start until you go home particularly because a lot of things he wants to work on are things that are very physical he'd like to one day have a garden you can't do that here or you know you could get some pots Mm -hmm. and grow some tomatoes but at the same point then you're gonna have to leave all the pots behind and all the tomatoes so what's the point some of homesickness is just not being able to work on these ideas that you've had. But I mean, if since you're here, these ideas you can work on. You can't grow a garden, obviously, because no, you live in an apartment. Moved, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe you don't want to. Well, I do feel that what's changed for me in the course of 10 years is that I no longer think about going to the States as going home. Part of that is because the city where I grew up, the city where we both grew up, Seattle, my parents no longer live there. And none of my sisters live there anymore. Whenever I go to the States, I generally will go to the city where my mother lives or where my father lives. And I can't call those cities home because I've never lived there. So if I'm going to hop a plane to Scottsdale, Arizona, the last thing I'm saying is I'm going home. But I do think that after a number of years of living in the same city, especially when you start to put down roots if you get married or if you have children, which we haven't done yet, you definitely start to feel that where you are now is your home. When did it switch? You've been here about 10 years and you've had long running jobs in that period of time so when did it switch from when did Rome become home it's hard to say with precision definitely when I got married well let's say when I met my husband and fell in love with him that definitely started changing at that point because I felt that he was the person that I wanted to be with more than anything else more than with my parents even 
if I had to choose between spending Christmas with him or spending Christmas with my parents, I would definitely pick him. So in that sense, you know, that old corny phrase that the home is where your heart is kind of is a big part of it. But I think I started feeling that way before I even met him. I met him after I'd been here for four years. And I think around the three-year mark, even a little earlier, I think what really changed was when I stopped renting rooms in other people's apartments and I rented out an apartment for myself. Now, financially, I still needed to have a roommate, but the difference was that I was renting out the extra room in my apartment as opposed to renting a room in someone else's apartment. And that made a big difference to me because even though I didn't own the apartment I was living with, it was still, in a sense, mine. And I made it my own and I decorated like I wanted, and it was it really became a place of comfort for me. And I think that was what made the difference. Mm-hmm. And right now, we're living in a temporary apartment that's decorated with other people's furniture and other people's pictures. I was giving my parents a tour of my least favorite pictures in the house last night on <laughs> Skype. You know, you can take those down. I know, but there's, you know, big squares on the wall <laughs> where they hang. Um so yes, but I could see why that would make a big difference because then all of a sudden you have a home, you have roots. Yeah, even though I mean, even though at that point when I moved into that place, I wasn't in a, a, an important relationship. Still, having that sort of home base, I had made a good group of friends by that time. So I entertained in my home quite a bit, and I spent time with people that I cared about. So I think that was really more than you know having a, a particular job or even having a relationship. It was the physical home. And that's, I mean, you do say you're homesick. You miss your home, your your house. Obviously, there's people that go along with that. But um, I think that could be the, the answer to our question. And I do miss my house. That's the thing. But yet, on the other hand, we do move house, you know, especially Americans. We do change apartment quite frequently. So it's not that you can't fall in love and with a new home or come to feel that a new place is a home. But you do, I, I think you're right, you do get attached to the place where you live. Back in those early days when you were here all alone, do you remember how you coped when you were feeling lonely? Sobbing. No, <laughs> just, ki- just kidding. Pulling out your hair from the roots. I I don't know if I've blocked it out. or no, Chain smoking. Oh, I know what it was. I can tell you what I what I did to cope when I first moved here. I'm talking about the very first weeks I lived here. Because when I first moved here, I was living with some distant relatives in their home just outside of the city, sort of in a very, very suburban area, very difficult to get into the city. So I felt very isolated. They didn't treat me very well. They didn't really want me there, I soon found out. And I was very scared. I was very scared that I wouldn't find a job and that I wouldn't find an apartment. But I also felt very unwelcome. And so these things together and the fact that I had just broken up with someone and I was missing him I was missing my parents I was missing my closest friends I was a wreck my coping mechanism was the three films that I owned just three the age of innocence Bridget Jones's diary and the BBC Pride and Prejudice interesting choices I watched those films so many times that for 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 a fact Pride and Prejudice discs are ruined they can't be watched anymore because they've been completely worn away somehow. I would watch the same scenes over and over again. And I think that the comfort of characters that I knew, a character like Bridget Jones or like Elizabeth Bennett that I had 
in a sense, become friends with. I know that sounds really pathetic, but there were people that I knew. It's like reading a book that you love, that you've read before, and it gives you a great sense of comfort. I think that's why some people, especially people who maybe spend a lot of hours at home alone, will always have the television on because it gives them a sense of company. Those three films, in a way, kind of saved my life my first few weeks here. That's interesting. And the way that we coped during the holidays was we watched old Christmas cartoons, Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, and terrible Christmas films. Not even the American classics, the worst ones. Like which? Well, Jingle All the Way with Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, I don't know if you've watched that. Oh, watch don't Grinch? watch it. Did you watch The Grinch? Yes, we That's did. A good one. Come on. Yes. Good. We just didn't watch It's a Wonderful Life or any of those. We meant to, but it never happened. Now, by the way, when I say The Grinch, I mean the original cartoon. Right, of course. The cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's a Disney VHS tape that I watch every year at home. You still have a VHS player? Yes, mainly for this tape and another one. And now you can find it all online, so I suppose I could get rid of it, but why bother? Um, so it's a tape I watched. So we painstakingly searched out all of the cartoons that are on that particular tape just to, you know, make it the ritual. And we also watched The History of Christmas by the History Channel, which I think came out in 1993 or 94, which I also have on VHS at home. But we looked that up and we watched that. So you want to bring those rituals and those things that are comforting to you back into your life. Interesting that it's all about watching television. Well, in this small case, it doesn't necessarily mean it's like that for everyone. But it's like that for everyone. No, just kidding. <laughs> Could be. Well, watching television in general, and I'm not an advocate, but watching television in general is very passive. You just sit back and you let someone else entertain you. So it's easy. It doesn't take any effort. It doesn't take any intellect. It just, you just relax. Mm -hmm. Like your mother bringing you a slice of pie while you sit with your feet up. It can be very comforting. Mm -hmm. Can you watch those three movies anymore? I'm very sick of them. I haven't watched them in years, actually. I would like to watch Pride and Prejudice, but the discs are ruined. Uh, you could probably just do all the lines for me. I probably could. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, let's leave it there. I'm Katie Sewell. I'm Tiffany Parks. This is The Bittersweet Life. Join us again. <laughs> We welcome your questions and your feedback. Reach the show by emailing bittersweetlife at mail.com. That's bittersweetlife at M-A-I-L dot com. Hey, everyone. It's Katie in Rome. If you like the show, tell a friend and visit our website, thebittersweetlife.net.